Welcome Queen, my name is Ezra and I am the host of She Is Ezra, the podcast. In this podcast, I am bringing to you all things spirituality, personal development, love and business. From the bottom of my heart to yours, I thank you for taking this journey with me today. Let's dive in. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land and pay my deepest respects to their elders past, present and emerging. I acknowledge that this is and will always be sacred dark and young land. Hello beautiful soul, welcome, welcome back. I am so excited about this episode. It is something that is highly, highly, highly contentious. So this podcast episode is going to be very juicy grab your popcorn and whatever else you need because it's going to be a very um, multifaceted exploration of an opinion of OnlyFans. So I would like to start by just saying to you that this is my opinion and it's my opinion right now. So that doesn't mean that my opinion is not going to change. I think that it's important to acknowledge if you're someone that is a coach or someone in a space where you are communicating with an audience to be open to changing your opinion. You don't have to have an opinion that's set in stone. When you find new new information that really aligns with you, that's a really great opportunity for you to assess your perceptions and beliefs around things. So Right now, in the here and now, this is what I believe about OnlyFans. So I am also a person who can hold more than one opinion on things and actually be really unattached to my opinions, meaning that I'm very open, very open-minded, and I can see things from many different angles, which to be honest with you is something I love about being a coach and a mentor because a client will come to me with a problem and I will be able to give them a couple of different perspectives on that problem and they can take it or leave it, but I find that it's a very helpful skill to actually have. So like anything, OnlyFans is something that I can hold multiple opinions with. But for me, there are two really strong arguments for and against that I have kind of picked up on. So before I dive into all this stuff, I really would love to start by saying that a woman can do with her body what she wants. That's the most important thing I think here is that we live in a time where we have the freedom to express ourselves in almost any way. We can really just do whatever we want and it hasn't always been this way. And I would like to take some time to acknowledge that and I don't want to get all morbid and stuff like that. But the thing is here is that we as women have not been able to have freedom of choice to actually do something like this. And definitely in some parts of the world, this is absolutely prohibited. But we are fortunate to live in a time where this is actually a viable option for us because it means that we have come so far in the way of being oppressed and having our sexual essence suppressed. So 
from that perspective, I just want to say that we can do what we like with our bodies and we should be so grateful that we actually can do that in most cases. I also want to say that it's a human right for us to be able to have autonomy over our bodies. So take out social stigmas, take out religion, beliefs, culture, whatever. We as a human being have complete autonomy over what happens to our body. So that means that we're in control and if we want to do something with our body, then we are totally able to. So that's really important to keep in mind here. Now, I wanted to start by start this whole big topic by talking about the fact that I actually used to have an OnlyFans. So I'm going to take you back to uh, the start of 2020. We had just gone into lockdown, so it was almost heading to the middle of the year, like it was March. So it was you know a quarter a quarter of the way in almost into the year, and it was really difficult. And I had been really living the high life. I'd been partying a lot. I had been on yachts. I'd been in city in the city at the very best bars. I'd really been living it up. I was very, very um, spoiled in my opportunities. And I was also living in a from and coming from a place of trauma as well. So I just want to make that clear that I had a lot of superficial confidence. But when we went into lockdown, everything changed for me. And it was the first lockdown was actually definitely the most difficult for me personally. Um, anyway, so I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to make an OnlyFans. Now, I didn't sell porn. I didn't sell nude photos. What I was selling was photos of myself in lingerie and bikinis that had been shot by a photographer. So I had like this huge like uh, resource of all these photos because I'd done so many photo shoots for different photographers. So I just had all this opportunity and I got their permission and I was selling them. Now, the photos I was actually selling on there were no different to the photos that I was actually already posting online. So if you followed my journey, you will remember that for some time I was, um, you know, really posting very sed- like seductive and provocative photos online. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I did identify that, you know, that whole facade that I had was from a place of insecurity, need for validation, um, you know, even... I don't really want to get into it, but, you know, even sexual abuse, like just that need to be, you know, continually sexualizing myself to feel good about myself. Anyway, there was a trigger warning, by the way, in the, um, in the notes. So just so you know, but I'm not going to ever go into details because I don't want to ever stay stuck in my story. So the thing is, is that I had this OnlyFans and what it did is it actually really helped me to understand the industry and understand why it even exists. So here's a su- what might surprise some of you. The most of the type of person, like people who subscribe to an OnlyFans are actually really sad and are actually very, very lonely or they're avoiding whatever it is on the inside. So this is what a lot of people don't realize. Men feel love through sex. 
Men fell, feel connection through sex. This means that they need to have that sexual connection to feel connected as a woman would through, you know, acts of service or words of affirmation and things like that. You'll find, and there's a whole body of research that's been done on this, that men feel love through sex. So if you look at the adult entertainment industry, you can see that these men who don't have the wherewithal to necessarily go to a psychologist or perhaps they don't know how to communicate their needs or what's going on internally and that's not their fault. In a lot of cases, that's also society, um, especially older generations of men who've been told you know, not to cry, not to express their emotion. They will actually go and invest in whether it's OnlyFans or some other kind of adult entertainment. So you'll find that it's actually in a lot of cases not about the sex, it's about the connection and it's about the fact that they have to pay for connection because for whatever reason, they're not feeling connected to the real world. And so what happens is they fall in love with a fantasy. Okay, so this woman, let's just say a very famous OnlyFans content creator, She's not messaging everybody. She's employed a team of people to actually message people for her. So this, let's just say we've got a man, a hypothetical man for this. Let's just say that he is investing in OnlyFans. He thinks, in, in this woman's account, a creator's account, he thinks that he has a connection with this person. Little does he know that someone on the other end is, you know, Nine times out of ten, it's someone else on the other end, especially in those big accounts, just telling him what he wants to hear. Now, when you're paying for something, there's not a very high chance of you being rejected. You can say whatever you want. It's essentially the experience is in your control because you're the customer. So this is where we run into trouble because what happens is these men, they get this illusion in their mind of what women can be like and can consistently be like and then when they go and try and find connection out in the world and they've taken someone on a date and they find out that you know they're not being told everything they want to hear they're not continually having their ego stroked maybe they do face a bit of adversity or rejection or something along the lines then what happens is they're subconsciously comparing that to the illusion that they have with this other person. And then what happens is they start to project on this other person because they can't, their subconscious can't understand why they're not treating them the same as, let's say, this person online or even in real life. This is where we run into problems. And out of his insecurity, he will often start projecting onto other women to be or look or talk in a certain way. So this is the problem. It's like a perpetual cycle. So when I was working in, well, like I didn't have OnlyFans for long because I didn't like 
promoting myself. I didn't like saying, you know, in the way, well, that's not to say I do promote myself through my business, but I knew that it was wrong for me. It wasn't aligned with where I wanted to go because it was like, you know, swipe up. This is back when swipe up was a thing, swipe up and subscribe and get 50% off for the first three months. And for me, that just isn't who I am. And I think in that moment was probably one of the first moments that I knew that I was going to have to turn back and go back a different direct in a different direction than the one I was heading in because that is not my true essence that's who I thought I wanted to be and that's who I was to keep myself safe but really it wasn't at all who I am at my core I don't I have no I've released a lot of shame around it all the shame that was projected on me because of choices I've made in the past but to be honest with you, it wasn't about that for me. It was, a, it was, and I created that account out of lack, out of fear, out of I'm not going to have enough money because I can't keep working and what am I going to do? And I wanted that quick money. And I just started my other business, my first business. And I was like, how am I going to support like I literally just lo- like was about to launch my first business and I'm like, how am I supposed to support my business, like growing a business, especially in e-commerce where we're having to buy stock and it is a lot out of pocket. So that was the problem for me is I was really getting stressed and I wasn't creating the OnlyFans from a place of empowerment. It was actually from a place of lack. So... The thing is, moving on, is that, okay, we can look at it from this perspective and see that these men, through their lack of communication or ability to connect, need to find other ways to connect, to express themselves um, sexually and to feel loved. So that's what it comes down to. But the problem is that it creates those unrealistic expectations for women, for for the other women who aren't in that industry. I'll also mention here too that the women who are in the industry, let's just say the man, because what generally will happen is a man will fall in love with the person he's talking to because he will believe whatever she is saying or he may go into it knowing that he's paying for it, but it becomes something where there's that emotional investment because, as I said, men need to have sex to feel love. So then it becomes this thing of even though he may not be having sex with her, he's still feeling sexually fulfilled because of this person. So what happens is is the man will then if he feels rejected by her or if he wants her to be his girlfriend, which happens a lot, and of course that just can't happen because that's just not what OnlyFans is all about, what will happen is he will start to get angry and he will start to project. Now this is just hypothetical, but this is quite something that happens quite often. And then he will start to pick on her appearance so there is a lot of pressure from from men to women in the industry to look a certain way. And if you even if you are a confident person and confident enough to put yourself 
out intimately on the internet, if you get put down enough, it starts getting to you. So then that's where it's like cosmetic surgery and, you know, more lip fillers and more this, more that. And it's a really perpetual cycle of not feeling good enough, needing the external validation and being so heavily reliant on something outside of themselves when really it's about loving ourselves within. So the problem is the superficial nature of it and the way that really if men actually collectively did the work, learned how to communicate, learned how to process their emotions, also learned how to fill their fulfill their partners in a way that their partners you know or communicate about sex things would would change and that's the thing so then also of course another ripple effect of this is that other women then who aren't in the industry will see women who are you know, they've had implants, they've had BBLs, they've had liposuction, they've had lip fillers and all that kind of stuff. And I don't have anything against those things. I have implants. I have had lots of fillers in my life. That feels good for me. But I've seen this before where some women who've had evidently had a lot of surgery will deny having surgery. And if you don't have an eye for that kind of thing, because perhaps you you haven't had surgery yourself or, you know, you're not really aware of that, you might think, oh, wow. And then that person who's not in the adult entertainment industry will be comparing themselves to people who are and who are perhaps lying or not being honest about the procedures that they've had done. And then it creates more insecurities. So it is... Even though I I don't have any problems with the women in the industry, I think there are a lot of women who are really taking advantage, like from a business perspective, of the supply, like the need, like the demand for it. And there are a lot of women who are doing it from a place of empowerment. But my concern comes in, well, what about the people who aren't doing it from a place of empowerment? What are people? What about the people who don't have business plans, who aren't thinking long term, who aren't making investments, who aren't doing the work on self and learning to love themselves, or doing the work to disregard the, um, whether it's social or internal backlash, whatever it might be. So the thing is, is that it you can see here that I painted a picture of lots of little issues, and the thing is, is that. Th- the i guess this whole thing comes back to the fact of a man not being able to communicate and a man needing to be validated and feel love through sex and obviously a sexual attraction in many cases is a superficial thing i like to think that uh there are many more things that make me sexually attracted to my partner but that's me. That's not everyone. I don't know. I can't speak for anyone else. But given the superficial nature of it, it perpetuates superficial repercussions. And this is what we see. And it puts pressure on women to look um, like 
in a way that a man would want when really we should be thinking about, well, how do we want to look? What makes us feel good? I mean, if you look at humans from the beginning of time to now, if you look at the ancient Egyptians, you know, they had eyeliner, they had beautiful headdresses and they had wing uh, wigs and they had beautiful tunics and they painted um, you know, and there's other cultures that painted themselves or, you know, with earrings. And so humans have always loved glamour to some extent. Humans have always loved to, you know, express themselves on a physical level. So I don't have a problem if you, if someone or myself, like I don't have a problem with myself if I have implants or if I go and get a facial or if I get my hair done because it's actually part of the human condition. As long as it's in control, I don't see a problem with it. And that's just my my view. When it's a problem is when it's coming from a place of lack and of feelings of not good enough and an addiction to needing to have the externals rather than focusing on the love from within. So my opinion on OnlyFans is that well, there's two opinions. The first thing is I have compassion and I feel empathy for the men who feel really lonely and are avoidant of their feelings and don't want to have the communic and don't have the communication skills. There are a lot of lonely men in this world. And working uh having an OnlyFans account really showed me that that they are very lonely. And that they do just want to feel connection. And it's sad that they have to pay for it. Okay, it is sad. But then on the other hand, you've got have the other repercussions of that, which is unrealistic standards for women adhering to how men perceive that we should look. And it's pressure on women from other women. And it just creates this really uh, complex and difficult issue to try and navigate. So also something that I really would like, if you take anything from this as well, it's to not shame anybody. It's to not shame the women who are doing it because I'm telling you right now, women who work in the adult entertainment industry have the most beautiful hearts in most cases there are I have many women I have many friends who work in adult entertainment and you have to be compassionate you have to be empathetic because you are dealing with people who are wanting connection who are needing to feel seen and heard you are literally an unqualified you're like you're a therapist like but not a therapist because you might not have done the certifications or qualifications to become one so that's the thing here um, it's really important to note that, you know, people or society may look at these women and shame them, but they're actually very, very beautiful people. And to be honest with you, they're just killing their game. And if that's what empowers them, then good on them. There is that percentage that are doing it from a place of wounding, but that's their journey and that's where they're at. And we actually need to not judge them and let them have their journey. 
It's the same with the men. Um, the men who are hurting and who need love and support and feel that they can't get it without paying for it, you know, have love and compassion for them. Do not shame them as long as they're not hurting anybody. If they're hurting someone, well, okay, let's talk about that. So the thing is here is that we can't expect men to change. I'm talking to women now. I'm talking sister to sister right now. We cannot rely on this. So we have to lead by example. And I teach women how to lead by example in their relationships. This is something I'm so passionate about. And this is something that I teach all the time. And it's really important that if we want to see a change in our partners or in men collectively, we have to lead by example. Stop putting the expectation on them and take the situation by the reins. If you don't think that's acceptable, then lead lead and show them and inspire them to what is acceptable for you. So, but I just really hope that at no point anyone listens to this and wants to shame anyone because that's not what this is about. It's just bringing a different perspective and awareness to a very contentious issue. So I hope this has been empowering. I hope this has been insightful and helpful and I hope that you have a beautiful day and I'm sending so much love to you wherever you are in the world. I'll see you in the next episode. If you are wanting to explore your spirituality, personal development, and your relationship with love more deeply, I invite you into my world with my arms wide open. I offer online courses, one-to-one experiences, and a membership that is literally transforming the lives of many. You can find me on Instagram at sheisezra and discover more. But for now, beautiful soul, have a wonderful day.